All right. Well, thanks for joining me here today. Um, I appreciate you. You're on the other other coast there, about three hours away. So it's afternoon for you, midday here on uh, on the West Coast. Uh, how are things going uh, for you? How how going into the weekend? Matt, thank you for having me. No, things are um, things are busy. I think since the pandemic, you, you know, weekends, days, still to this day, it's like <laughs> it's still kind of sometimes a blur. I don't, but I, I will say we'll talk probably more about it. I uh, days are just days now, right? Like it's like, and every day something has to get done. So I don't, I don't really know what a weekend is anymore. It's um, a little bit of a gift and a curse, I think. The whole being an entrepreneur, or even even if just with the COVID situation, you know, if you're um, working from home on your own, the days do start to kind of blend together. I mean, it's great to not have that commute, but at the same time, it sort of uh, is hard to shut off if there's still work to do and you're sitting in front of the computer and it's eight o'clock at night. Sometimes you, it's hard to shut it off. So I, I totally get it. Yeah, what's there's a there's a meme or like it's a it's a Insta or a TikTok uh, sound. It says uh, I left my nine to five job to be to work twenty four hours a day. So that's that's truly what being an entrepreneur is. You leave yeah. your comfy nine to five you know, clock right out at five and you're, you're kind of checked out. A lot of people I'm sure take work home with them. So I shouldn't say that, but yeah, you definitely, um, you're kind of like on the clock 24 seven. If things go wrong two in the morning, you got to fix it. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So tell so let's start off a little bit and just tell people who might not be familiar with yourself or, or 6am run, um, just start off and kind of tell a little bit of background about yourself, kind of your, your, your journey, you know, your, your professional background a little bit, kind of leading up to 6am run. And then we'll kind of jump into that in a little more detail. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it, it's, it's, it's really cool. And thank you for having me. I, you know, what we're doing right now is obviously we are, we're kind of not even kind of, we are in growth mode. So a lot of people are learning about a company that we have. And, and my story is, is why people are hearing about it and why our company is growing. Um, my name is, as you said in the intro, I'm, I'm Hami Mahani. I am the CEO and founder of 6amrun.com. My story is one of probably millions of people in this country, you know, grew up playing sports, love, you know, uh, America, born in America, raised in America, Parents are immigrants, came to this country for a better life from Iran. Um, but with that came the play sports. Then you have to go to college <laughs> and you have to go work for corporate America. That's what I was told to do. You know what I mean? Um, loved sports, loved basketball and soccer, played soccer all the way through college, played basketball like rec, no, nothing professional or anything like that. But like most Americans played sports just pick up and think in leagues, things like that. Um, once I hit about 35, I realized my body was not what it was when it was 25. And also I wasn't happy, right? Like I was happy in places. Let me, let me correct that family wise happy. You go through kind of a checklist, like you feel incomplete. So you kind of do a self checklist, right? Family's great kids. Of course they're headaches once in a while, but they're great too. Right. Um, What's what am I? There's something missing, I think. And I don't know. I don't like the word midlife crisis, but I wasn't fulfilled. Um, I couldn't play sports like I used to. I don't know what, when or how, but just one morning I decided to get up and go start running. One mile became two miles, became three. I was feeling much more centered. 
was no good runner by any means, but I was finishing and I was always making sure I don't walk. It was my, always my goal. Right. And then, you know, starting to really take it seriously. Um, my family is very important to me. Um, I still, still had my corporate America job. My wife came to me and said, look, you know, you want to run now an hour a day. That's totally fine. I'm not telling you not to, but it's not going to be at 6 p.m. when it's family time. It's got to be before work. I was working in Philadelphia, so I had to really get up early. I had to do a 6 a.m. run, run for about 45 minutes to an hour, then shower and get out the door by seven. So I could be in Philly by eight. You know, I, we call it nine to five. My job was eight to five. Um that's not an easy thing to do. And anyone that sits here and tells you that they love getting out of bed 4 35, 30, 6 30 in the morning, they're lying to you. It's not, it's not something you want to do. So I went out, looked for like, you know, any pre-workouts, things for energy. Everything that was on the market was crap. It was very artificial, made me feel gassy and bloated. It gave me like, it just raised my body temperature. So I started kind of diving into even nutrition. And I think once you hit that age, um, Matt, and I, I'd love to hear, you know, your take on it too. But I think once you hit 35, you also start thinking more importantly on your life. When I was 21, I knew I wasn't a superhero, but I, I, death never crossed my mind, if that makes sense, when I was 21. But come 35, 36, now I'm 42. I wake up and I think about my last, what, how do I, like, if today is my last day, what do I want to do? You know what I mean? Like you think about that a little more as you get older. Um, and again, going back, doing a checklist, I still was missing something. And in searching for my formulation for what I needed for my own energy to get up early, there's a couple folds. And I don't know if I'm a great storyteller when I tell this story, but, but I'll say it, you know, once I started running, I was feeling centered. I was getting up, getting that run out of the way, getting to work on time, getting to work even earlier. I was also getting to work feeling more accomplished than my coworkers. If there was an important project, if there was an important meeting, an important travel, they were like, yo, send Hami. He's, I, I curse a little bit, but he's got his stuff together, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so I was also getting promotions. I quickly also discovered that, wait a minute, physical fitness at, at its core, is when you take care of that relationships as a parent professionally, everything started to click for me when I really started to make sure I was in the best shape of my life physically. Now, fast forward back to the nutrition, I really quickly realized there's no good nutritional products for runners who run every day. There's your carbs and there's some things out there that runners take like for hydration and stuff, but nothing that combined amino acids for recovery, green tea, caffeine for energy, and all in one did not exist. Um, so got with a formulator, we made it. That 6 a.m. run, you know, that I was doing every day, of course, was in my mind because my wife said it. We slapped the name 6 a.m. run on this formula and 100 bottles just sold within the first month. Still had my corporate job, but I quickly saw, wait, that's fulfilling. I'm getting emails from runners. We're not even really a company yet, but I'm getting emails from runners saying, man, this stuff. I'm 35, I'm 40, I'm 45. I got an email from a 60 year old, man, I haven't ran in 20 years and your products got me running again. That was fulfillment, Matt. And I quickly really realized that's what I was missing in my life. Money didn't matter. Um, I think also as you get older, 
when you're young, you have, and I think social media plays a part in this. When you're younger, you want to be a millionaire. You want a Ferrari, you want a Lamborghini, you want a, a mansion. I didn't care. I asked my wife, Hey, do you want to downsize? Can we roll the dice, take 401k, sell our home, downsize to a smaller town home and really go all in on this. She saw, I guess, my passion. You know, I always say, uh, anytime anyone calls me the owner of 6am run, I, I, I say, no, 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 no. My wife is, 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 is well a part of this. She might not be in the day to day like I am, but this is hers too. Cause she risked her entire future um, and we started this company, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on a, on a lot of things there and I'm going to kind of circle back to the very yeah. beginning because, you know, I think <laughs> as you've, as you unloaded, uh, un, unfolded that story a little bit, you know, when I originally connected with you online, I wanted to speak with you because I felt like there would be a lot of synergy. And as you, as you told that story even more so, cause we're, we're almost exactly the same age. And I likewise, I grew up playing sports and honestly, like sports to me, there's so many things about it. Um, it ingrains something in you in a, in a competitive way early on, I think. And, and it speaks to that that mental aspect of competition and and the lessons that you really learn and how that can translate into other parts of your life, as, as you kind of touched on there as as well. Um, and, and truthfully, like I, I did the same thing. It was football, basketball, you know, I wasn't pro or semi pro or anything, but like, you know, it was, it was baseball, football, basketball. As I got out of school, I tried to transition into more individual sports like tennis and things like that. But even those things, as my job had made me travel quite a bit, I found it difficult to maintain those sports that required either team aspects or a community around it in order to be able to play it. And I really kind of did the same thing. I really gravitated towards running and I was not a runner. I, I grew up thinking that running was punishment for screwing up the play. And that was what, what it was. So I, I mentally, I hated it, but as I got into it, much like you said, you know, it started out kind of short, but the longer the runs went and the more comfortable I got with it, I found that it's like as much of a mental uh, therapy session in some ways, like it really like centers you. And, and I think it's not just running, but maybe anything, because I kind of get the same thing when I go in and maybe I do a really hard um, up-tempo weight training session. You know, if you really are pushing yourself, exerting yourself, even a hot yoga session where you're like, you can't think about anything else except holding that pose or making that next stride and keeping just keeping going. Like you said, the goal is always the same thing for me. It's like, I just don't want to walk no matter how far I'm going. I don't, I don't want to walk. I want to keep running. And so I really kind of identify a lot with that because same, same here. I, I felt like I kind of hit peak conditioning in my early thirties. But by the time I kind of crossed over into the mid 30s to late 30s, the body just does does not. Man, I wish the recovery time. I, it's, it's like you said, I never thought I was invincible, but I certainly didn't think about foam rolling or stretching like I should have when I was younger or diet or nutrition. It was just like you're young and you go and you do it. But, um, you know, so I can really relate a lot to that. And I've I myself have had to try to really dial in a lot on on supplements and like trying to help with that recovery time um 
what, what, what kind of, you know, I don't want to talk badly about any, any other supplements, but what was that journey like kind of navigating the supplement, uh, landscape and, and in addition to like, even your current 6am run, like, do you, uh, supplement with other things, whether it's amino acids or multivitamins or, you know, anything like that. I know even some people, as they start to get into their mid forties, late forties, especially, they start even looking at, 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 uh, like TRT, um, uh, uh, therapy. And so like, just, just curious, like what, what you found that, that works and, and what that journey was like kind of navigating that. Oh yeah. So, you know, obviously I so saw marketing is, is my thing. Um, I've been in sales and marketing my whole life. Like I, I was never, you, we can start a rant one day. Maybe we'll talk about college, my opinion on colleges. Um, but, uh, so I have a marketing and, and, and business degree and what I did, I do, I do do my research. And what I found was there's pre-workouts, exactly what you just said. There's pre-workouts, there's post-workouts, you know, companies are charging $30 for this, $30 for that. Um, while I won't name anyone specifically, that's not my style. As, as I get older, the one thing I try to do is never speak negatively on anyone. Um, but I learned from a lot of the things that are out there. And I said to myself, well, wait, why can't we you know, kind of make something that's our all in one. But to your point, exactly too, we do have like a vitamin infused coffee where we're one of the first companies that did that. You're right. You need your daily multivitamin. And I hate taking like those horse pills, but as you see, I even have one right now. I have a cup of coffee with me right now. Um, but yeah, so like we, we do add a lot of different things and we have other SKUs now, but marathon, which put us kind of on the map was me kind of saying, wait a minute, why do I have to take this one thing before I run? Then this one thing after I run, and then this one thing, like before bed, could we do something that had a little bit of everything in it just from the jump? And then we also, for people who don't want caffeine before bed. And like I said, we just made other SKUs, but in doing my research, and then figuring out also the niche within there's fitness is so broad, right? But what I found is cardio and, you know, everything in terms of supplementation. I, I even don't like that word. We call, we like to kind of switch it up now. We're kind of more moving toward, you know, we want to be nutritional because while the FDA may call us a supplement company, all of our ingredients are FDA approved. Um, and yes, we're a supplement company, but we want to be more nutrition. I obviously, as I got older, wanted to make watch what I put in my body, right? I'm perfect by no means. There might be an AAU week. I want to also say this there because people, you're this is a very public world we live in. You may see me on a weekend with my daughter who's got an AAU tournament and we might be at McDonald's because that's all that's around. I'm I'm no angel by any means, but I do still, you know, at least Monday through Friday, I like to watch what I put in my body. But back to the kind of your, your supplementation question, I just saw there was a need for what we wanted to do. Um, and I'll tell you, nobody else believed in me. My wife was literally the only one that believed in me. Our formulator, I don't want to mention his name, um, our formulator. Um, I had to pay him. I asked him to be my 50, 50 partner. And he said, if I, if I, if I listened to every single person who's told me that Hami, I wouldn't make money and be able to pay my bills. I said, all right, well, so now every once in a while, when we're coming up with new things and we sit in a room together, I'm like, we're uh, you effed up, didn't you? And he's like, I did, I did. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the, about the ingredients in it, because I, I very much do rely on, well, I shouldn't say I rely on it, but I definitely feel like I can tell a difference when I take a pre-workout, um, 
before, and I, I'm the same way. I get up really quite early. I generally try to go and do a, a workout in the morning before 6 a.m. Um, and so I, I find the pre-workouts are pretty important. And, and like you said, by the, by the end, you, by the end of the workout, you know, it's like, you really hate it. Like you said, like you said, anybody that claims they love getting up that early, they're, 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 they're lying. Uh, I, I, I never get up and I'm like, man, just, just ready to go. But by the time I get down there and I start moving around, you start feeling better. And then by the end of it, like you said, I feel the difference between the mornings when I get up and I work out in the morning, whether it's a run or whether it's the gym or whether it's yoga and the days where I get up and I go straight to the computer, the way I feel and my productivity levels are just vastly different. And I think that's something a lot of people just don't really, uh, haven't experienced and don't understand. So let me, let me, let me answer the question first, but then you brought up something else. I want to talk about that real quick. The, what makes our product the best? Um, so let me ask you this too, part of, do you, are you, I am a, I am a fasted, um, person in the morning. I don't like a big breakfast. I don't, I don't, I've never, I, I, as long as I can remember, I've never woken up ever hungry. When I was in high school, I maybe would grab like a small pop tart. You know what I mean? Like maybe a little bowl of cereal. I've never been a breakfast person. Um, so I, I, I might have like a coffee in the morning, but I, I do. And I, when I run, I want to be, I like the feeling of fasted because I feel lighter on my toes, if that makes yes, any sense. Absolutely. The workouts, the pre-workouts that were on the market that, you know, you just Google pre-workout. And the first one that comes up is the one I'm talking about, by the way, guys, I just want to mention their name. They have a lot of creatine. It's for pump. It's for bloat. I Listen, I'm one of the biggest fans. I'm an 80s kid. We both are, Matt. I, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love The Rock. I used to grow up watching wrestling, Hulk Hogan. Right, right. But I don't want that body for myself. Right. So I do the fasted run our products. We took a lot of the creatine out substitute 5,000 milligrams of amino acids and hydration. Um, so, and then you could do a fasted run and you wouldn't get sick to your stomach and kind of get nauseous and body temperature go up green, the 300 milligrams of green tea, no creatine amino acids. Then we added, um, potassium, sodium, hydration, and then vitamins B, C, and D. It's the first of its kind. I think that's that's a super big key. I, I know for for myself, like like you said, I'm, our, my goal is not to be big. It's just to be healthy and being in good shape. If I want to go for a, a long run, I want to be able to do it and not worry about I'm going to be able to make it or not. And cramping has been something that I have struggled with. So I, I like the fact that you've also kind of touched on that aspect because from the runner, from a running perspective, it is vastly different. You know, if you're, I'm going down to do a weightlifting session, you know, maybe it's something where I want a little uh, uh, nitric oxide, you know, in, in the mix or something to give that extra pump. But if you're going for a run, like you said, you want to be light on your feet and quick and responsive and not have that extra mass that you're trying to carry around yeah. there. Yeah. And even for pump too. So like our sprint formula, we ended up uh, like after our first couple of months, we, we want like, you know, people, cause I think there's still a lean mass you can go for. So we came up with our sprint formula, but I do also want to touch real quick, if you don't mind on, on what you talk about, like nobody likes getting up early in the morning. I'll say uh, there's a huge Jackman. He was on a talk show or something. And, and I've been swearing by this recently. I, I don't want to take credit for it. I think he was like on Ellen or something and he calls it the wake up, get up. It's it's called wake up, get up. And basically, instead of ever hitting snooze, all you really got to do as soon as you open your eyes is just stand up out of bed. 
once you've done that, it's kind of like a cold shower to the body. You're up. Yeah. Um, so anyone really that does struggle, I recommend highly. And uh, Hugh Jackman has to get credit for this. Um, you know, my family's like one of my family's favorite movies is The Greatest Showman. So um, Hugh Jackman said it and it's like it's called Wake Up, Get Up. And if you ever because, again, I'm, I'm no different. We all especially you're from the East Coast, you know, uh, I know my family wants to go somewhere warm soon when my daughter's done high school. But, yeah, wake up, get up. Um, those days when like you want to go back under the covers, hit snooze, um, wake up, get up, try that. Just just to stand out of bed. Once you get up and you're out of the covers, it's a, it then becomes a lot easier to be like, all right, go to the bathroom, get ready for kind of like your run, whatever you got to do. Like it, it really helped me once I incorporated that, just getting up and then you're kind of like, oh, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm up. I'm, I'm halfway there. Yeah. Yeah. Once the feet kind of touch the floor, it, it feels like it's really hard to go back to sleep anyway. And it's like, well, what, what am I doing? I'm just wasting time at this point. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you know, know uh, David Goggins, but yes. I, I mean, I'm, I think of his story every time about when he's talking and he's to me, he's, he's a little much for people. Sometimes I get it. He's a strong personality, but like, I love his, his hardcore kind of attitude because it just makes me feel like such a, such a bitch, <laughs> you know, well, that, that like to, to say it. And I think about his story about where he's yeah. telling about sitting, looking at his shoes, trying to convince himself to tie his shoes to go on his run. And that dude has had so many knee problems and he's still out, you know, crushing it. Yeah. I mean, triceps up from the pull-up challenge. So think about what you also just said about sports, right? When you say David Goggins isn't for anyone. One of the things I tell my daughter who I, you know, two things about sports. One, I never had time to get in trouble because of sports. Right. All my friends that were like smoking up or like not going to class, that's because they didn't have a team or practice or they had nothing to do. So that's one fold. Second fold, you, you, I want to, cause you kind of touched on this and I want to, you know, say what I thought, like the other part about sports, I I'll say this too. I've learned by having employees. I've never, I've been in charge of some people before in corporate, you know, in my, in my corporate history. But what I've realized too, you can tell the people that have had like hard, hard knock coaches that have, that can take criticism. And you can tell the people that have never done a sport because they don't take criticism. Well, they take it as like failure. If you come to me and say, Hey, your day yesterday was crap. You did a horrible job. Um, I've had 20 coaches talk to me like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not saying either way is right or wrong. I think you, you know, I think this generation more than ever, you just have to kind of figure out who can take what, but I will say those that have came up through the sports world are a little more adept to deal with different parents, different coaches. And, de and then to your point, 99.9% .9 of us are not going to be pro athletes, but we're going to have a boss at some point in our life. So at least you're going to be prepared to deal with any kind of boss you get in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on, on something that's like really, uh, I don't know, it's a, it's a definitely a trend as, as time has gone on where people, especially in the business world, but I would say even in general are, they are um, more sensitive to taking criticism for sure. And I totally see that correlation. All my really close friends, they're almost all former athletes of some kind because it's just how we grew up and our mentalities are similar. And, um, and, you know, they all have that kind of same, same thing. And it's, it's very true that like, when you're out in a, in a situation, 
if somebody hasn't been kind of put to the fire, so to speak, you know, how they're going to react under a pressure situation, not just criticism, but under a high pressure situation, a lot of that, you know, if they've never had that kind of uh, intensity or that kind of pressure before, um, you know, it's, I don't want to say that people don't, don't perform, but um, I think there's a difference between people who are conditioned to those kind of circumstances and can kind of know how to handle it versus those who lack that experience under pressure. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell we, we talked a little bit about the nutritional aspects, about some of the ingredients that's in 6 a.m. run. What about, and you kind of touched on this about your fasting, you're a little bit of a fasted eater. What is your, what is your normal diet? Um, what, what is your diet kind of consisted of? Cause I've myself, I've tried over the years, all sorts of different things, but I generally kind of stick to a, a rule of thumb of fairly low fat, fairly low carb, low, low to no sugar or, or, uh, things like that. And just, you know, kind of trying to eat clean, I think is, is the general rule of thumb. I think sometimes people overcomplicate it with all these things, but, you know, recently I've even been dabbling. Uh, I was intrigued by this, uh, this current fad of, of meat and, uh, meat and, uh, and, and fruit diet. And so I've kind of started to sway that way a little bit, which has been interesting, but I kind of wanted to get your perspective as somebody who does a lot of running, obviously very into the nutritional world. And I also like what you said, you know, about supplements and nutrition. I know I'm kind of jumping back a little bit here, but the terminology, you know, I, because to me, when, when you said that, I thought, you know, supplementation is nutritional to me. The, o- the only people that ever talk about supplementation are the people who are taking their nutrition more seriously than the average person anyway. So I love the fact that it, it we just should lump it in with nutritional. I, I like, I like yeah. that. So, so, um, as I, as I told you, I'm from a, a Persian background. My, my parents came from Iran before I was born. Um, they came here during the revolution. My wife is Japanese. So her parents, but she was, you know, here, she, I think she was born in, no, I think, I know I should say she was born in Japan, but literally her parents came here like when she was a baby. So I, we're foodies. Let me tell you that from the, like me, Mediterranean type diets, as you know, that kind of Persian food. Um, also I love Greek. One of my favorite salads is I know this sounds, I love Greek salad is like my favorite with like olive oil and some of the feta cheese and things like that. Uh, Japanese food. I love like sushi and rice and Japanese, like obviously, and she's, you know, very, the Asian culture, we we're foodies. So, but with that being said, both of us are really, it's, I'll tell you this. And, and even as, as, as founder of this company, when you talk about what's my diet look like diet to me to this day has been the most confusing part of my life because I I'll watch a documentary on like everyone. I'll watch a documentary on Netflix. It says meat's bad for you. Your teeth are flat. You're not current nivirus. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I shouldn't eat meat. And then I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse or is that? Yeah. 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 I'll be like, yeah. but then the next day it's like, then you see, Hey, I look at my father, my father is 75 and he's been, you know, eating kebabs and meat like his whole life. Right. So it's like, I I will say this, what I think my wife and I have tried to do though, is be more moderate on diets. So like, I I love, look, I love steak, steak, a good steak. And and I've never been even, even my wife and I joke, like it's hard to sometimes recreate, recreate like a restaurant quality steak, like in a great high, high level steakhouse. Um, 
But like, I figure if you do it, I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast one time. I forget who his guest was, but I think he said, if you eat 20% or less of your diet is meat, you're still can, can be considered a vegetarian. I don't know if like that makes sense, but we definitely have lessened our meat intake um, or maybe tried to do more like fish or something like that. Um, and really, to be honest with you, the only reason I only think about doing that is just for animal cruelty. I, I I don't trust the documentaries per se, but I am a big on. I have I have I've had two dogs in my lifetime. I have one now. I'm very big on animal cruelty. I don't think it's fair to be cruel. I, I get that you know I get the circle of life, but I don't think you should be cruel to an animal. No, I I 100% agree, and I think there's a lot of discussion. First of all, I. I don't know, 20%, if you're eating 20% meat, uh, I don't know if that's, if I would consider that a vegetarian, but I guess everybody has their own perspective on everyone, it. Everyone has it. You can, yeah. you can Google and be anything you For want sure. online, by the way, but go ahead. That, that, that is true. <laughs> yeah. I think I would also lump when I say meat, I kind of guess I lump in red meat, chicken, seafood, all, yeah. all, all of it together um, there. Um, but yeah, I... I <sighs> I don't know. It, it is very confusing when it comes to dieting and knowing what to do. And I think moderation is a key. I, I think that's certainly a key. And I think fasting has certainly come into that. I think, you know, I grew up on the, you got to eat three large meals a day and that's the way it was. And, you know, as I got older, I very much have trans uh, transitioned to a light to, you know, maybe I'll have a, a coffee or a smoothie in the morning and, and kind of get on my day. You know, that that heavy eating, I find, is really counterproductive to productivity in general Yeah, um, as you go throughout the day. I would be like, I, again, and I, I bring up my corporate life a lot. I would I would be traveling for my old job and a partner, like a partner, somebody you'd go with to your business associate, you'd travel with or something. And like, I never forget you're at an airport with someone and you're like, you know, obviously airport food sometimes is not the greatest, right? If depending what airport you're at and it's right. all like McDonald's, things like that. And if I'm like, okay, you know what? We got like a three hour flight. I get home. I know at home I have better food. It's like also during the week, but I never forget like some coworkers or some things I'd be with. They'd be like, well, I'm hungry. I got to eat now. And they weren't in the best shape to begin with. Right. And it always boggled me also too, that people can't wait fasting for me, I think that that allowed me to kind of be like, wait a minute, let me, I don't, I never got, and I have buddies like this that are there and they're athletes by the way, but their body gets hungry at a certain hour. Um, so one of the things I like about fasting is if I'm in a situation where I don't want what's in front of me, I can at least be able to wait. Um, but with that said, like I said, I'm not sitting here saying I'm a perfect eater by any means. I Super Bowl, I can remember Valentine's Day, Super Bowl. Like I don't get me wrong, I'll have a cheat meal or two. But if it's a situation where I'm like, man, I really shouldn't eat this, I love that like I can kind of hide the hunger for a little bit. You know, don't get me wrong, I get hungry and there's days. The other question I would have of you, Matt, and my, I, I still also want to learn my other problem. I'll say one of my problems though, in fasting has been I'll like fast all day, no breakfast, no lunch. I knock work out and then I get home. I'm vanished. And then I feel like I eat, I snack, I eat chips before my wife will bring dinner on the table. And then I sometimes sit there and I'm like, 
Um, and I just, I overdid that now that, cause that's not healthy either. Cause now your body's got to, you know, burn all that, you know, over like what a night or definitely those are days. The next days I feel my run is better, but that's, I will say in fasting, I've learned that's not good either to just starve yourself so much because then I know my, that's part of my, you know, I, so I want people to know I'm, I'm real. I'm like everyone else. I never will ever sit here and be like, I'm perfect. I, I own a health and nutrition company, but part of my st struggle has also been that of in, in my fasting journey, you know, you, you fast breakfast, I get to work, I'm knocking workout. I'm doing a bunch of things. And I feel like when you're busy, you forget you're hungry yes. sometimes. Yes, very much. And then it's like, I get home and I'm like snacking on chips and taking the kids snacks. And by the way, I hate that word snacks. I hate that word. If I hear snacks one more time, I'll probably like go crazy. <laughs> no, I can, I can totally relate. You know, you were talking about being hungry, like on us at a certain time. I can remember, you remember when, uh, well, I don't know, but many years ago I was, uh, it was very popular to eat like every four hours you had to eat, you know, and when, and I did that for a while and I had good results out of it, but it was also exhausting having prepared food to take with me so I could eat every four hours, something healthy. And, and it, it was, it was sort of time consuming, but with the, with the fasting and eating a little bit less, I totally do agree. It, it is a, a factor where sometimes I do find that it's like two or three o'clock and I really haven't had anything except that smoothie from the morning. And I am also guilty. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, it's just habits or maybe it's something with the diet, but I do find that I, I tend to consume probably my, my heaviest meal in the evening. And I don't know what it is. Even if I eat right at, you know, six o'clock or, or at a decent time for dinner, I feel like I always want a little something like sweet before I go to bed. And it's like, the only solution I have to this is to simply not buy it and don't have it in the house. And, yeah. and then I just don't have the option. Yeah, no, there's a, there's a, there's, there's, there's a lot there too. No sweets are the worst. Um, I'm a, I'm a Oreo. If, if there's, if I can kill two things. I think I can kill I, all by myself. I can kill a large pizza. I definitely can kill a large pizza by myself. I don't, you know, sometimes when as a family on a Friday, it's Friday today, we'll work recording this. But, uh, if, if it's a Friday pizza night, pizza usually I'm, I'm that old school Friday's pizza night kind of guy. Um, and then Oreos, I can crush a bag of Oreos. I think I don't even want to know how many calories that is the whole bag but I definitely can crush a whole bag of Oreos. Um, so I'm, I'm with you and it's, um, I'm also guilty. I'll tell you this, there is once in a while, I, I really have been better at it recently. Um, I don't know if, if any of your audience, people are listening, um, your, your audience, but uh, I've, I've gotten up like two, three in the morning looking for sweets. And it's kind of like a dazed, like, uh, you know, like, and then I kind of remember in the morning, like, what was I doing? You know what I mean? Um, so I think there's something about kind of when you're in rest and craving sweets. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm right there with you. I do try to do it though in moderation. So we'll, I, I, I like, I, I, I like the concept of like a little dessert. Um, but what I'll do is I'll just do like, a like it's, it's, and you kind of alluded to this, it's moderation, right? Maybe do a small scoop of ice cream and a, a decaffeinated coffee. You know, I've, you know what I've really been on recently? 
Um, and this may give some of our, our audience um, uh, a hint at something. Um, so I won't say that, but I'll say this. I've been, a, I've been on a tea kick recently at night. I've been doing a lot of teas. How does that affect your, your sleep? So I'll do like, I've been, I've been trying a different, a bunch of different kind of nighttime teas, like different, like calming teas, not like not, yeah, not a lot of caffeine. I, I'm, I don't, I stay away from, um, oh, why am I drawing the, um, uh, I stay away from anything with melatonin in it. Cause I don't want to get, I don't want to say addicted, but I, uh, your body, you know, naturally makes melatonin. So I don't want my body to feel like it doesn't have to make its own melatonin anymore. I don't have a problem sleeping, but to your point, I don't want something too heavily caffeinated. Yeah. yeah. You touched on, you know, we were talking, we've been talking about, um, you know, kind of sna- <laughs> uh, splurging and eating things. Maybe we shouldn't, I'm, I'm almost sort of of the belief because I have a really hard time having just a scoop of ice cream. I'll just be honest. So I kind of have to admit that I sort of subscribe to the rocks, uh, philosophy on this where, you know what, I'm going to eat solid for six days. And then on that seventh day, it's my cheat day. And I'm just going to go hog on it and, and just eat whatever I want. And then the next day I'm back on track. And I almost feel like you have to give yourself these little cheats. Otherwise it becomes too, too cumbersome to maintain, uh, on a, on an everyday weekend and week out basis, uh, to just never, never have a break and get what you're really craving and your body's really wanting. Because sometimes look, if you're working out hard, the two things that I, I I have to admit that I love are sweet and salty together. Like your body craves the soap. My body just craves that sodium and that little bit of sugar, just especially after a workout. It's just like so re re re-energizing for some reason. But no, you you need my opinion and anyone listening, you need to reward yourself. I'll tell you one thing I do. I, I don't know if it's like a bad, I had one guest on my podcast, tell me this is a bad thing I do, but part of my running, you know, Chris, I'll use Christmas time as an example. My worst time. I'm, I'm like you. I think a lot of your audience will relate to what I'm about to say from about Halloween till about Valentine's day, Super Bowl. It's bad that my kids are making cookies. Halloween starts it off. They're coming home with bags of candy, Reese's cups, and all of these sweets are in our house. Um, and then you go into Thanksgiving, then you go into Christmas. Now, fortunately, like you, and I, I, I'm at least during this duration, I'm running still. So, but what's funny is I will from about Halloween till about, like I said, February, Valentine's day, Super Bowl time, kind of at that time period, I'll put on 10 pounds. There's not even a question about it. Now, luckily as spring, the weather gets nicer. I can work it back off. And I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I try to get back into that. Take your shirt off. So you don't have too much of a dad bod kind of, kind of feel. Um, but to your point, I want to enjoy Christmas day. Let me get back to what I was saying. My gift to myself Christmas day is not running at all. That's the one day, every day I wake up and I'm like, do I want to run today? And that feeling, and let's make sure we talk about this. I want to talk about the euphoria and we definitely let's get into that about how fit, fitness and how it helps your highs and things like that. But, but Christmas day is like the one year or I'm sorry, one day during the year where my gift to myself is wake up with the kids, you know, if you, if, whether they get up at six or they get up at seven or eight, whatever, sleep in a little bit with them, but get up, get your coffee, go downstairs. Don't worry about getting your run out of the way. Cause sometimes getting that run in becomes a little bit of a cloud over me. Um, now, once I have it and I'm done, I feel amazing. And we'll, like I said, let's definitely talk about the euphoric aspects of it. But to your point, 
I think you have to enjoy those things. Enjoy Halloween, enjoy Christmas, enjoy Thanksgiving. I, um, I, uh, I never forget. I was out with a buddy of mine many years ago and he was on a diet to look good for his wedding. And we're sitting there, we're all eating the dinner and he didn't eat. And it made, it made me feel awkward <laughs> eating in front of someone not eating. You know what I mean? So I think there should be some times when you should tell yourself like, look, yeah, this isn't the best meal choice, but it's in a public setting. It's an occasion. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not the worst thing you could be doing. Yeah. When you're out, when you're out with your friends and you're having, you know, beer and pizza or something, everybody's having beer and pizza, like have a slice, have a beer. It's not going to be the end of the world. You can get up the next day and get, get back after it. I think you touched, you touched on something else there. That's very, that I find that's very miscon. It's a misperception about exercise in general and fitness in general is that Yes, there's an element about it that that you want to look good because when you look good, you feel better about yourself. It gives you more confidence. Like it just, it's a whole uh, confidence thing and, and 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 energy thing. But I think more than ever, it's important for people to kind of realize how important it is to be healthy. Because as you said. You know, part of why I had somebody ask me this <laughs> many times, actually, and, and they always were like, why, why are you why do you get up and, and go work out so hard? You know, just go do some bench press and then go go leave the gym. Or, you know, why do you why do you go through all this and put, go for these long runs and go run when it's 90 degrees outside in the heat of the day and all these things? And, you know, for me, too, is the healthier you are, the better you take care of yourself that's days that you're not going to miss that you're going to be sick that you're not going to miss work that you're not going to miss things that are going on in your personal life you know there's a whole encompassing thing that goes with being in shape and 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 having a healthy lifestyle in the way it helps you produce and in your normal life um, that i think a lot of people don't really fully understand if you've never played a sport and you've never gotten into exercise I think it's very difficult to understand how impactful it can be on your life. And you, you kind of touched on something right there that it's that feeling you get when you're done. You know, there, there is definitely a, an, a mental aspect to exercise and running in particular, um, you know, that I think people think is BS unless they've actually experienced yeah. it. So let me ask you this, Matt, do you meditate at all? Not as regularly as I used to, but, you know, periodically. But so I, I can't, I don't know what it is about it. I've tried, I've listened to like YouTube tutorials. I about concentrating on my breath, clearing, and maybe I don't want to subconsciously. Maybe it's something in me that doesn't let me. So I had a hypnosis on our show, uh, a sports hypnosis, and I was excited to interview her. And I... I'm thinking like old school, like TV, like you're getting hypnotized and you're like, and you can do what they tell you to do. So she was t telling us, um, you're in like when you're, cause I told her how I'm doing a run sometimes. And yeah, have you ever like driven somewhere, maybe a song about an X or something comes up and all of a sudden you get to your destination and you're like, I don't remember driving here, right? Like, you, you know, you did, you know, you had your wits about you. you. I'm sure you did do every red light and everything. I told her how sometimes some runs, I'll finish the run and I'll be like, 
I just don't really remember the last hour, but I know I did it. Okay. That's a state of hypnosis. She was telling me you're not, it's not the old school, someone like waving the clock watch kind of like, and hypnotizing you. Hypnosis is when you are not so much out of body experience, but you're in a transsensual kind of place. You're happy. You're in, you're, you're, you're vibing with yourself. Right. So that for me, that explained a lot. Having her on our show, we haven't published that episode yet. And Matt, I'll, I'll give you, she's a great person also for, for you guys to talk to. It's, it was like, it, it made a lot of sense. And then how it centers me. Then when I'm done, I'm like, yo, I just killed that. I just did that. I feel good. Talk about back when I was at corporate America, going into work, I always say be confident, not cocky. I think I've learned I, old homie. I'm not going to lie. Probably 20 year old me had some cockiness about him, like going in some boardroom meetings and things that maybe prevented me. Like, and by the way, you're 20, you have to go through that. You, every 20 year old thinks they know everything. You know what I mean? Um, but always being confident. So giving me that confidence, like, dude, I just ran that. I'm, I'm like, there's, there, there's a, a, there's so much that, you were both hitting on that working out does that, uh, you know, I don't think people understand. And then adding on that just hypnotic aspect of, you know, being able to center yourself, clearing your brain out of, of, of bad things that happened and thinking about, Oh my God, I got to fix these things tomorrow. Our lives are so anxiety driven these days, I think. And then back to kind of COVID one of the things I, we uh, listen, we, our company has all types of customers, all facets, all demographics. Everyone is a customer of 6AM run. So we definitely want 6AM run to be an escape for our customers. But the one thing I told all our customers during the pandemic, and this is what I'll end on real quick on this, on this part of my statement, the one thing you can, we all can agree on is that this again, knock on wood, the pandemic has affected a lot of people. It's hurt some people and it's taken some people, but it does seem to show all studies seem to show the healthiest people are surviving. So let's at least all together say, look, during these next, we didn't even know it's going to be two years then when we started saying this during the next two weeks, let's take care of ourselves the best that we can. I know two weeks became two years, but you know, that's the only thing we preached as a company during the, during the, and I think we're kind of still a little bit in the pandemic, but during the pandemic, we were just like, listen, let's all get each other's backs. Let's all do our best to take care of ourselves, the best diets, the best fitness. Um, that's one thing we can control. You know, you don't know if you're going to forget the pandemic. You don't know if you're going to get cancer tomorrow, but we do know that someone that has a better, you know, physical fitness aspect to their, their profile is, is going to be at a better, you know, stage and ability, let's say to take on chemo, to take on some of the medicine they've got to take. So yeah, you're touching on that. And I hope I'm, 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 I'm re, 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 um, reinforcing that, but man, physical fitness, it's, it's, it's gotta be the center. And, and, I, and I'll say this part of our core values. We just redid our core values, physical fitness is at its core. If you don't have your physical fitness together, you can't be a good husband. You can't be a good worker. Can't be a good father. Can't be you. I don't think you can be a good anything. If you yourself are not in the best shape you can be. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting. I feel like, you know, I, I don't know, I guess exercise people who are really into, into a healthy lifestyle have always kind of had a little bit of a stigma, but it feels like over the last 10 years or so, especially there's been a real trend that I don't quite understand. And it, it, it sort of, 
I'm not sure how to even re react to it because it feels like there's this trend where people who are very serious about health and nutrition and exercise are kind of deemed as superficial. And likewise, there's this also growing trend where, and look, you should not fat shame anyone, but I think there's, there's, there's uh, sort of a, a problem with glorifying obesity as well, which I, I, I sometimes see like just the other day I saw this ad for, for Adidas and it had a very overweight woman in workout gear. And, you know, it's like, okay, I, I get anybody should work out and I encourage everyone to work out regardless of their level of fitness. But I think, you know, saying that obese people are healthy, which I have seen in, is stated in, in the public. Um, I, I don't understand that. And the general reluctance of, you know, I, I don't want to get into the whole COVID conversation, but just in general, in our, in our nation, especially, you know, obesity is the number one health problem that we have in this country. I mean, when people, you go to other countries, you, you know, you're very, uh, worldly and, and, you know, you go to these other countries, they talk about America, we're obese. That's what they know us as. That's what they know our diet to be like. And so I, 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 I sort of am troubled by this trend, but I don't think that it's a trend that can last for very long because to me, it kind of comes down to science. Like you said, the people that when you're faced with an adverse health situation, the people that are most healthy are going to have the best outcomes in general. And I, I, I've, I've really struggled with why that hasn't been more of our messaging as a nation as well. We spend so much money on subsidizing this or, you know, prescriptions for that. And sometimes I wonder, you know, if we just told people to eat a little better and get out and exercise or let's subsidize health health centers and have everybody be, have mandated uh, exercise uh, three times a week, you know, if we're going to do something. Yeah, it's I, I, I can I can I can totally hear that. I, I, I will say one of my in our journey, I've I've met some amazing people and, um, you know, and doing I did. I just did the New York City Marathon. Um, I still, I, I, I will say though, what I'm, I'm, there's a lot of people that I think that I think, I think to fitness, right? There, there is though, I will, I will say there's a little bit of a broader definition of fitness. Um, I never forget, um, I, I'll say a story. I've said this story on my episode. Um, when I, for, we did, I ran the New York City Marathon this year. And my, our first year, two years ago, before the pandemic, I didn't run it, but we did the booth. We had an expo there um, and we put our booth there to introduce our product at the New York City Marathon. And I will say this, I, I started talking to a woman who was fit in shape and I was trying to sell, you know, our product to her. I said, you know, you're running, are you running Sunday? She looks at her husband and she says, no, he is. And I would not have thought this guy could run a marathon just by looks. So I want to say this. He said to me, he said, yeah, I'm running. I might not finish fast or first. He's like, but I'm going to make it. 
And that to me, though, also, you know, like I said, so I think I think there's there's sometimes no definition, you know, this gentleman in my so so sometimes I do think we do need to not like stereotype. Right. But I but I will say this. I, I, I loved seeing that, that regardless of shape and size. And then when I ran it myself this year, you know, Matt, and, and, and I'm sure you've seen it yourself on, on the on the videos and things, there's all types of people are finishing and running and doing this. So I will say that. So sometimes I will say health maybe isn't so cookie cutter, right? But I do, but our messaging and what we're both saying is totally the same in, in that it's it's still, you know, you want to be in the best shape you can be. I've had, um, you know, you know, I'll say this, my daughter has uh, two, two of my daughter's AAU teammates, um, and she'll know who I'm talking about if she listens to this. Her, their fathers died of heart attacks last summer and this past year within one year, not COVID. Um, and my heart goes out to those children. They're great kids. If they ever hear this, they, they know who they are. Um, but what we're both saying is very similar. It's such a now they might, you know, I will say this part of me even thinks now and even seeing that. Right. It's like, well, maybe they were healthy now, but maybe did they do something in their past that led to then like a later on heart disease? Right. So sometimes it's not even as easy as changing things now. Right. So cholesterol and things like that. I mean, it's such a loaded. I know I say let's take care of our fitness and everything. But there's so many lanes of it, right? And 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 you know we we can't cover them all. But as long as you try your best and do your best, I do love your your idea though of also enjoying. I think, like I said, I think if a sweets, if something like that, it's all got at the end of the day, it's all got to be in moderation. Uh, let, let me let me say this. I'll, I'll tell you this: what my wife and I have been doing recently, especially with prices and things, what they are. We'll go to like restaurants, and we'll like we obviously want to eat. And to your point on also how how cultures is like also trying to how, how other countries might view some of our cultures. Restaurants are not a saint in this. They want to give you like tons of food, right? Yeah. My wife and I, we make it a point to say, look, we are only going to eat like, well, we, I love that we can sometimes swap out our meals. She'll get something she likes that I also like, and I'll do the same. But we also get things like we know we can like microwave or heat up the next day because we can say, all right, look, this, this dinner is going to be a hundred dollar dinner, but guess what? We'll have lunch tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are some things I think that we've also been able to do some tricks internally to your point. So you're not gouging, you know, when you go out one night and I love that. And then it, it actually, in a crazy way, it makes me happy. Hey, I've got food tomorrow. Do you, do you have any, you know, you kind of touched on pricing there and, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier too, with the way, you know, right now in inflation is kind of causing some prices in the grocery stores to go up, food costs are kind of going up. Um, what is, what, it, I mean, I don't know, maybe you, if you know anything about it, but what is your, do you have a, any thoughts on, on how we can be more sustainable when it comes to, you know, earlier you mentioned like animal cruelty and, you know, I myself, I, I, I try to shop free range, you know, all, all these organic, you know, you, you try to do these things, but those things are dramatically more expensive. And for many Americans, you know, it's it's tough. It's been made more costly to eat healthy and cheaper to eat terrible, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we um, we'll go we'll go to Whole Foods once in a while, and I mean, I I I I will say, and 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 Whole Foods, if you're listening, we would love to get in your stores. We we've been knocking at your door. We're in a couple others that have let us in, so hopefully Whole Foods lets us in one day. But I will say, I, I want to. I'm always going to keep it real. My wife and I, 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 I looked at a few things she put in the cart and Matt, the cart was not full. Like it normally is at like at a regular grocery store. And I never forget. It was like $180. I was like, for what, you know? So you're 1000% right. Um, there, I don't know why healthy eating is so expensive and, you know, does McDonald's get a different lettuce? Why is a, why is a McChicken 99 cents? What kind of lettuce does McDonald's get? Lettuce is lettuce, right? Like you can't, you can't change or uh, what, what's the word? You can't, uh, you know, you can't put like chem- chemicals and things in lettuce to make lettuce grow fast. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you can. I'm sure you could. Oh, so I'm sure. I guess that's where the organic kind of comes into play, right? Because you right. could, you could, you could say it's, it's pesticide free versus commercial lettuce maybe is doused with it on, on the, oh, on the right. acres, you know, but it's like, but that, yeah, to your point, it's just, it sucks that it's like, it's, you know, and then I also look back and, and I'd like Matt, you, maybe you tell me too, I'm, am I crazy? I always also feel like my, my, in my house now, like we'll do the same thing. It's like get fruits, get vegetables, regardless where we get them from. They go bad so quickly, right? And like things I never forget, like in my house growing up, I'm an only child, by the way, but bananas were just there. Now, unless now I got to talk to my mom about this. I don't know if like she was shopping every three days, but like, I don't remember when we were kids, things going bad as fast. Am I crazy? You know, it's interesting you say that because I haven't really thought about this, but, you know, myself, that that is one of the things that, you know, I I tend to buy certain fruits fresh, but I also rely on frozen fruit because of that fact that just goes bad so fast. And, you know, I I don't when I'm thinking back, it's like, yeah, there was always a fresh bowl of fruit at my grandmother's house, for example. And like. I, you know, I know she didn't go to the store. I don't know if she did. I don't think she went to the store every two days, but maybe yeah, it's, 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 it's insane. Like I bread never molded. Like I feel like back in the day, and I know my, I know, I know back in the day, we all say like, I know family meals and cooking was more prevalent. I think now with meal services and things like that, obviously times have changed and, and things are, you know, you, you kind of plan out your meals and people are so go, go, go. But yeah, like, I just, I don't, I don't remember that, but you know how we kind of got here. It's, 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 it's definitely, it's tough to, to, to try to afford that. I mean, and look, and now you have the gas prices up. So now budgeting, I I really wonder how, I will say this is not a health topic. I, I don't know. I'm, I, one of my concerns recently, and it grows every day with gas prices and food prices even us are the um, with the supply chain. You know, our products prices unfortunately took a hit in 2022. We had to raise our prices for the first time in two years. Um, I don't know, Matt. That's a it's it's such a loaded question, and and I struggle with it every day. Um, there's two things I think, in, in my opinion, there's two things I I, I want to see Americans not have to suffer paying for, and that's healthy food is of course, number one. And we kind of, I alluded to this early in my conversation. I hate that Americans have to pay for college debt for so many years of their lives when 99% of people aren't using that degree for anything. Like 
that to me is stupid too. So those are my two big soapbox things that if anyone wants to know me personally, that I, I'm not about. And, and that's yeah, paying a lot for healthy food and trying to pay off a college debt and working, working, working to pay off something that was only for four years. Yeah, you're speaking to you're speaking to the tribe right now. Uh, I know so many of my friends, uh, you know, and, and even myself, you know, went into debt for college. And uh, it's something that if it's uh, not uh, super cheap uh, and you sometimes end up, if you're not fortunate enough that you don't have the money already, um, it is something that you're left to deal with for, for a little while at the very least. Um, let's shift just a little bit earlier. You were talking about, you know, running the marathon and so forth. So I, I'm very curious, how do you work up to running a full marathon? Because so for me, what I have found is I'm really good at like a 5k distance. I'm really good. Maybe I can get up to about nine or 10 miles. But if I get up past that, I find that my my recovery is pretty severe the next day. Like the joints just don't love me so much. Um, once I get up past about nine or 10 miles, how do you, how is, do you have any advice on how to build up to longer distances without having those, uh, those pains? <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So, so no, this is a great question. And I'll tell you, so what, what, what's a common myth is that runners should not do a couple things. One, one is stretching is so crucial. And I'm a component, um, I will say part of, um, there's, there's a lazy, one of my lazinesses in life is stretching. I, I don't stretch. I'm the type of guy that says after the first mile, I'll be loose. And I will say 99% of times it happens. But then when you talk about longevity, a marathon, you're, going to need to do a little stretching. Uh, your first mile on a marathon is not what should be loosening you up. Recovery, so some foam rollers, things like that. So stretching and then some of the recovery stuff, that's crucial to running. Um, and I'm very lazy when it, and I'm not the only one, a lot of memes and reels on and TikToks allude to people being lazy about that stuff in, in the running community. Uh, second is weight training, um, squats, lifting weights. You'd be surprised. You don't have to, we, jo we joked earlier, you don't have to be the rock, um, but you have to strength train, um, part of a marathon training program, any, whatever there's Hanson's method is the most popular. Um, mine was a little different. I kind of took a couple of varieties and made it my own. Um, but even if it's as, as little as like some push-ups, some squats, some lunges, you'd be really surprised the strength training you really need to do to tighten up your knees, your gluteus, like, like, so those are the really not, I don't say myths, but two areas where runners get lazy, but then it really affects their performance is stretching. Then the reform roller and recovery aspect, taking your nutrition for recovery, taking your 6AM run, but then also then the weight training aspect of it, um, being as strong as possible, getting your chest muscles for breathing and being able to be as strong as possible. Um, so a big myth is that runners don't. The top runners, I, I can guarantee you the best runners in the world have a weight training aspect to their training. Yeah, it's something that I think 
uh, I, I would agree with, first of all, I will say stretching. I, I've never heard, I, I've not heard that runners don't stretch. I, I cannot imagine not stretching before and after I run because my hamstrings get so incredibly tight after running. It's, it's, it's almost painful if I don't stretch. I'll send you, I'll send you some, there's some really funny TikToks about kind of that, that little world <laughs> inside the runner's world. And it's hilarious, but I'm sorry, go ahead. I interrupt. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, and I would also say, you know, foam rolling is something that I wish I had been introduced to when I was in my 20s. And I just never got into it until probably my about 33 or so. And it, it, it changed the game. Like, honestly, it's it's if you can't afford to go get a deep tissue massage, uh, you know, pressure point massage. Man, a good hard foam roller or one of those five inch nubby foam roller balls to get in all the little crevices is just it does does wonders um, for, for the body. Yeah, no, it's like I said, those are just there's there's so many things that I think um, you wouldn't think, like I said, a runner does or do, or should do. But yeah, the, the best in the world and the running coaches on Instagram, um, if you follow them to your point, they they all like subscribe to, to, you know, making sure those three things are done. So any part of any long distance training for me, it wasn't it was more that it wasn't the miles part was not the hard part. Um, it was getting adding those other aspects into it. Um, I was easily at six miles per day. So if you think about it, I'm already running well over 100 miles a month. So I was never really worried about knocking out the 26 miles. Um, you know, that, that part of it, I wasn't concerned about it, to your point. It was about making sure you don't cramp, making sure you stretch, right. Just being able to finish injury free. Um, and then, then the nutrition aspect, making sure, um, making sure like, you know, getting my hydration, um, my wife and my best friend were very integral, um, in me finishing that marathon. It was my first one. And I'm, I'm, it's funny at that moment, my wife, I'm on video. She's like, you ready to go again? I was like, not now, but you definitely, <laughs> you definitely want to like do it again and, and, and feel like you can. I, I was, I was out of commission. I did not leave my bed. It was almost as if I was sick. My legs, after the New York marathon, it was the first weekend, week of November. I, Matt, I will tell you too. I, and even with all that getting ready, doing everything I did to get ready. Um, that race was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three days. I didn't leave the bed. That's, that's, that's what I would expect would happen to me as well. It would be tough to walk for a couple of days, probably. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was, I was upstairs acting like a, a sick, big baby, asking my wife to bring me lunch upstairs in bed, doing work on the laptop and, you know, like laying down. Um, yeah, it was three days Thursday. I remember I kind of started like a little bit moving. I could make it downstairs. Um, Friday, I was a lot better. Um, oh, the, by the way, and that was like a week. I, I will say as crazy as this sounds, your audience will love this. I was like, man, I don't have to run this week. <laughs> that was the beautiful part the of it. The bright side. I had, I, had a, I had a week off from running and I think I ran, I, I specifically took Saturday, Sunday just off again. And then I think I ran literally exactly about a, a, my, that next Monday, I ran three miles was my first run and I was fine. But yeah, I, I took exactly seven, seven days off. Nice. I'm glad you mentioned too, from a running perspective about weight training, because that's, that's something else, you know, people, obviously people know cardio is good for them, you know, for their heart and everything. But I think, especially as people age strength training for joints, for muscle dense or for, for bone density and things like that 
it's just a crucial thing. Like, and it's, it's honestly, it's an activity that if, as long as you kind of know form and, and, and not how to not injure yourself, it's something you can do for a really long time, well up into your eighties. I mean, they got silver sneakers programs with 80 year olds in there, you know, do, doing their thing because being active yeah. is, is just good. I, yeah. I think, I think that's important to, to, from a running perspective, you don't often hear that. No, 1000%. I think, yeah, I think there's, it's cool though, that like, I don't know if it's our generation. I think it's so cool. I guess whatever generation you're in, but just seeing that information that comes out of, of, you know, our, our elders, you know, kind of letting us know. And then even people in our generation, you know, telling us, I have a buddy who's a personal trainer in Miami. Um, He was working at a uber famous gym down there where celebrities when they visit Miami go to. And he left there because he was saying like, so many people want to look good, which he gets totally get that. You know, you want to look good for a movie or, you know, you're a pro athlete, you got to look good too. Same thing. You know, you have to look the part, but what the gym was not addressing was injuries that these people had. They're not some of them again, celebrities, but not a pro athlete, but still had to look good. He left the gym and he, he, he took a lot of clients with them because he said, look, I can get you to look good, but I need to address the fact that you can't move your leg 90 degrees. I need to address the fact that you can't rotate your arm fully because of your shoulder pain. He's like, uh, he had some physical therapy. He's a trainer, but in college, he had some physical therapy type um, education. And then he obviously also trained himself on some stuff like that. And you'd be surprised he did better on his own, not even owning a gym or a place. He would just go and take these people to like parks in Miami. But he really blew up down there because people were like, yo, this guy will take you, heal you, and then get you looking how you want to look. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's an interesting guy called uh, named Ben Patrick um, on Instagram. He's he's called knees over toes guy who has had a bunch of reconstructive knee surgeries and stuff. And he kind of came up with this really interesting program. Just again, it's training all the little foot muscles and 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 walking backwards and things that you don't typically train yourself to do because it, it it's all about prevention of injury is 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 what the program is really all about. Yeah. Yeah. Injury prevention, if you can. And that's kind of what, what we want to do here. And even me personally, you know, we want to make sure we can get into. Absolutely. Yeah. You, t- you were talk- just talking, we were just talking about you running the marathon and I have to ask, do you, can, do you, t- can you tell a difference uh, or do you have a preference between running on roads, concrete, hard surfaces versus trails? So this is a very interesting question. I, so trail running, and this is, you, you gotta, Matt, I'll send you some of this stuff if you ever want, like some of the Instagram, there's like trail running clubs and and trail running groups. Right. Um, And the posts in these groups scare me because they all are like gashes or where they fell like a hole in their leg, like crazy stuff. Right. And yeah, so for me at this moment, trail running is a little scary. I'll be honest with you. Uh, And I'll tell you why. Um, I'm 42. Um, I never forget about two summers ago. It's just some things I think just stay in your mind. I, it rain had ended. Uh, I was like, I, I, I literally waited. This is again, a sidewalk, very easy run for me, my, my neighborhood and, and my street where I run my six miles every day I'm running. And there was a little pothole in the side, in the sidewalk. And obviously the pothole had water in it. It was a puddle essentially. And Matt, I, I'm not even kidding you. This, this was maybe three feet, like nothing. 
I literally went to jump it and I did. And I just go to myself, I'm like, yo, that just took way more energy than it had to. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> so, and for me, trail running, and again, let me, let me say back on even my regular running, there's instances where like, I'll, I'll hit a rock. I just maybe didn't see a small rock and I have an ankle twitch. I'll be able to usually finish. It's nothing like major. I, you know, you got to watch out for rocks, potholes. And we were just talking, I was just telling you how sometimes you get in that kind of like euphoric kind of trance a little bit. Um, trails because of that. Um, I got to make sure I would, I would do a trail. I don't run with friends right now. I've never really done like buddy runs or run clubs. Um, if I ever pick up trail and it's, don't get me wrong. It's something I want to do. And, and I, I want to go do it definitely though. And I, I'm giving you a long winded answer and I'm sorry, but it's gotta be something I get. I definitely wouldn't want to do as a group. Um, definitely don't want to ever be lost in the woods by myself. I'm getting hurt or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the reason I ask is because I, I have found that there's a, for me, a definite difference between running on a hard surface and running on trails from, uh, just the impact on the joints and so forth. Um, so I've, I've actually the last few years, especially being out here in California, um, have really transitioned to where I don't really run on streets or, or anything anymore. I'm strictly almost a, a trail runner. And I probably would scare you a little bit because I don't, I don't run in groups. I run by myself. But um, let me ask you, have you, have you had like, uh, like, have you had any, I, now I want to ask you, have you had any kind of moments where you're like, oh shit, like something, have you fallen? Has anything ever happened during on a trail? I haven't, I haven't fallen on a trail. Um, and, and I think one of the things I like about the trail run is the fact that, you know, when you're on a road or whatever, or a track or, or a, 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 a paved trail, a walking trail, you know, at a park or something, it's consistent, it's steady, like your pace, your, your gait, it's always the same. And the thing I like about the trail run is that you literally do because I, and this is a question we'll get into in just a second. I also wear like a, a fairly, um, right now my running shoes are ultras. And so they're a fairly minimal shoe. They're not as minimal as others, but they're fairly minimal. And so what I find when I'm running the trails is that it's not just straight ahead. There are rocks down. You kind of have to look and watch where you're placing your feet. Otherwise, especially in a minimal shoe, you'll just tear your toes all to pieces if you're not really kind of careful. But I like that aspect because for me, I think also going back to the mental aspect, being away from the city and out in, in nature kind of makes me feel like I'm mentally, I can put myself in sort of a a movie type of situation where I may be, you know, running from a, from the predator or something. <laughs> and, you know, it just makes it more engaging and kind of locks you into that zone. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I think I, so it's funny you mentioned that I got to say this I've, I've done, there's a school. My daughter sometimes has practice at during the summers for her AAU team and they have a track. And sometimes I'll, if I've had a bad morning or you, you know how it is, you'll get up in the morning and you've got to answer like a bunch of emails. I, I do also want to make sure your audience knows this. If they ever ask me, I will never lie. Do you run every day at six in the morning? No. And Sundays are my sleep in days, by the way, I will run every day. So seven days a week but I do not run every single day at 6 a.m. Most mornings I do run at 6 a.m. And for those guys who follow me on our Strava group, they know that. Um, but yeah, so I would do a run on the, to your, it's so funny you just said that. So my daughter would go and practice for two hours and I never forget the first time, to your point, I went on the track. I was like, I'll just do, you know, like 12 laps on this track, I'll knock it out. 
Matt, it was so boring. I was every lap felt like it took forever. And I was like, this sucks. So I ended up to your point, it still wasn't as bad, but instead of the track, exactly what you just said. I was like, I still had to go. I wanted just to do different because I wanted different scenery. That just track was so boring. You know what I mean? And at least with treadmill running, I feel like I can have like ESPN on in the background or something like on television. So there's a little bit of a visual there. You know what I mean? Even maybe while I'm listening to like a podcast or something. So yeah, no, it's so funny. Everything you're saying is spot on. I, I will say this, and let me ask you this too. I always wonder our generation, do I've never been diagnosed and go back to my, I don't meditate. I don't think ADD when we were kids was ever something like we ever remember people saying they had, I would love to see how many millennials or, um, as a generation X was before, I think we're, we, you and I might be in that kind of middle. I think we're like right between X and millennial. Right. 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 right On the cusp. I would love to see X, how many X's have ADD. Well, there's there. That's one way to look at it. I've, you know, it could be that we, we all had, there were many of us that had ADD that were, went undiagnosed and we took it out through sports and physical <laughs> right. exertion. Um, another aspect I've heard people say is that, you know, um, maybe ADD is just vastly over, over, per, over diagnosed in today's world when a simple solution would, would sort of curtail, uh, you know, putting somebody on Ritalin or, or whatever that, prescription is that they take for that. So, so it's, it's the way information is received, right? Like, let me say something and we're, we're getting a little bit off fitness topics, but if you don't mind, I want to say this, it's the way information gets perceived, right? I can, uh, we have a couple books, my mentors and things will give me. And the first thing I ask a mentor of mine is, is this on audiobook? And they're like, they don't like, they might not know, but they're like, here's the book. I'm like, well, I can read Matt a book, I can read. I know how to read. I know how to read and write. I can type an email. I know how to do like, but if you then ask me, Hey, you read that book. What was chapter 10 about? I have no idea. Now, if I listen to it while I run during the car rides to get the kids, if I listen to it, I receive that information so much more better. And it took me, I'm 42. It literally took me to about 37 to realize I audible is my app go-to of choice. It took me till 37 years on this earth. If I had Audible in college, I would have been a straight A college student. <laughs> I know the feeling. I've, I've, I've over the last uh, probably five years, I've become a big fan of Audible. As to where I for for a long time, I was like, no, I like to read books, and now I find that you know I'll still read a book if it's. Uh, kind of something that I, I know it's a book that I want to keep that book yeah, around, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, and, and really digest it and maybe reread lines, you know, something maybe a little deeper or philosophical, but for the most part, man, audible makes it so easy to, to, to digest that information. And look, there's just no doubt because if I sit down and read a book, it's going to take me, I, I need to have no other distractions. I can't do anything else. And it'll take me a month maybe to read a book or more depending on the book and my schedule versus audible man you can just put it on like a podcast and just you know consume that information and th th there's no way there's no way to get around that efficiency it's just yeah, yeah. can't be beat i mean and now it's like i i to that point it's like you talk about this like 
if a kid says something in the background, I need this, or, you know, the phone alerts go off. Now we all like, think about this. I, I sometimes have to, as we, I do my podcast, I feel bad. I don't look at like, I feel like I don't want people to think I'm rude. I look at my watch cause I'm looking at time. You get alerts so many different ways now, nowadays, right? It's like, it's crazy. Like literally if you ever probably during this, if you share the video of this, like there might be a couple of times I look down, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I told you earlier, I'm good on time, but it's like these alerts that are going off everywhere that you kind of sometimes can't get away from. I joke at my day job that uh, I have nightmares. If you're familiar with what WhatsApp, yeah. the, the little sound that WhatsApp makes, I have, I have, I dream about it at night. Sometimes it gives me nightmares, Absolutely. Uh, ter terrible stuff. Kind of getting back to the running. Um, we were talking about trails. What kind of, what kind of shoes do you generally kind of pr prefer? Because I went through a, certainly went through an evolution of the traditional, I think it's an eight millimeter drop, um, traditionally speaking on most tennis shoes and then reduced it down to four ran for that for a while with, I think Sacconi's were, were what I ran in for a while at the four. And then I've dropped down all the way now to where I'm a zero drop in a, in a pretty minimalist shoe with the ultras. And then I do my training right now in, uh, in the, the new balance minimus, which is a super minimal shoe. That's what I do like my weight training in because I don't know, I'm kind of weird about going into the gym barefoot. I don't like that. So, no, no, yeah, yeah. so, so this is again, uh, guys are getting going to go if anyone, and I'm, I can't wait to even share this with my audience because they're going to learn a lot about me from this podcast. So thank you so much, Matt. First of all, again, I, I like this because sometimes I try not, I'm not that CEO sometimes that tries to be too much about himself. So I love that you're asking me these questions. So being an eighties, nineties kid, you probably understand I'm a Jordan guy, Michael Jordan. I'm a sneaker head. I have every, I saved them. Um, I don't know. I'm sure you remember. I have every single pair of air Jordan. If, if, if it didn't have the swoosh or the air Jordan logo on it, I, I just, I felt like a trader getting it. Um, so for that, my sneaker of choice is the Nike Pegasus. Um, it's got enough cushion. It's not too, too cushiony. Um, I don't know the drop. You, you know, the sneaker running game, it seems like better than I do. Um, I don't know like the drop percentage or anything, but I know that that's been perfect. I've tried other running shoes, both indoor or on the treadmill, the Pegasus 34s. I probably have about five pairs of Pegasus 34s. Um, I think they're at, I think they, they're now up to Pegasus 37s. I'll always get every time a new Pegasus comes out, but I always go to Amazon. My favorite one is the Pegasus 34. Well, you just, you just called it because the Pegasus, I was the same way. It took me years before I would consider running or wearing any other kind of athletic shoe other than a Nike. And it really was because of Jordan as well. Uh, you know, but it's interesting because the shoe that I really, the first real running shoe that I went and bought was a Nike Pegasus. And I probably ran in a, in a couple different versions of the Pegasus for the first, you know, three or four years that I was starting to run. And then I, I just started reading that the natural foot strike should be more, more forward and that the heel the, with the heel raised, it's not a natural foot strike. It's more of a, of a, of a heel strike, which is why it puts pressure on the joints. And so I started trying to, to evolve and you know, it, it did lead me down and I, I've tried a few different running shoes. I really have to admit that I like the ultras. And one of the reasons that I really like those very different than any other shoe I've tried to run in is because it has more of a boxy toe. 
And so your, your toes, like I feel, especially on the trails going uphill, especially on an incline, you can really feel your toes kind of splay out and grip more so than when they're all bunched together in a, in a tight fitting, um, kind of traditional shoe. So that's, that's kind of been my evolution, but I, I totally agree. The Pegasus is, is like a go-to standard, man, it's a classic. It's a great shoe to run in. So to, to that too, I, um, my, my wife tries to, I think she's nice to me. I think from, and you know, soccer cleats are very small in general, mm, right? Yes. So I think years of soccer and basketball playing, and then even pickup, I, I, I don't joke. I, I have some jacked up feet. Like, I feel like, you know, my feet have been that triangle type, you know what I mean? That's the, sh- like, cause you think a soccer cleat is very, like, very, very, very small kind of when you think about it. Um, so, but I love reading. I've, I've seen, you're not wrong. They're saying like, there's no reason to like point your toes when you're on a running shoe, you can still have the curve, but have it be more of that box. Yeah. No, I've, no, I've, you're not wrong. A lot of studies have proven that. Um, I just think again, 42, I'm just years of yeah. shoes being that kind of triangle at the tip. You know what I mean? So my feet, they just, if you look at like, I feel like if I take my socks off and I'm not a flip flop kind of guy or slides guy, um, I always like, I, I, my wife jokes with me. Like I'm, I've always have socks on at, at the minimum. Like, even if I'm in the house, just lounging, I have socks on. Um, and that's just from years of, and to your point, I think us, our generation, the shoes that were out definitely jacked our feet up. Yeah. I was going to ask if you've had any, any feet problems or if you tend to have any, I I would imagine after this point of running for so long, blisters are no longer an issue, but maybe you have some, are there any other issues that you kind of come, have come into experience over the years with running? No, I don't. I, 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 no, the, the, the feet have been okay. Um, feet, feet have never like outside of, like I said, just kind of just more being like, like shaped obviously a little bit through the years. Um, and then they're obviously, I think like most people, I think the bottom of my feet are pretty tough, like compared to any other area of my body. Right. Like outside of that though, knock on wood, nothing like serious injury wise. Um, I will say, I think the worst thing is still, is still knees a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm that I, I feel like as I get older, getting up from a couch or, um, I've noticed, um, I've got to be careful how I sit. Um, if I don't change position, um, you know, it, it, you get a little like, um, you get the stingers once in a while. Um, just the normal knock on wood again, I've, I've been able to avoid serious injuries. Um, but definitely my body's taking those like normal wear and tear issues that I think any 42 year olds getting, I will say this talking about, if you want to go back a little bit, what's funny is I told you how, like during like the holidays, I might gain a little bit of weight. Um, it's during those months I sleep and I wake up with a little bit of a backache which I've attributed to maybe a little bit of weight gain. Cause once I'm at my normal shape coming in spring and summer, I feel like I'm, I don't wake up with the back problems. So I definitely feel like gain, like maybe cause my body's not used to carrying it all the time. So definitely the holiday weight I know affects my back when I get up in the morning, but it's not been horrible. And like I said, it's one of those things where it's like, once I start running, um, it loosens up and I'm fine. Um, but definitely I've, I've, I'll ask you this opinion. Maybe we can get into this as we end. But one thing I will say is I uh, I definitely am trying more and more to make sure that, you know, you talk about like not just foods. Um, I think old Tommy 
want to make this clear, not an addiction wise or anything, but even if I had like the smallest headache, I would be the first person to pop two Advil. I have been trying more and more to drink. I saw you're doing a good job. I'm drinking a coffee. I look at you, I think you're drinking water. I need to hydrate better. Um, I do need to make sure drink water. I am trying more and more to solve certain issues without running to Advil first thing, you know, first time I have a pain, you know what I mean? So I've definitely been trying to purposefully tell myself, do not reach for the Advil. Yeah. I, likewise, I, I, again, growing up, the common thing was, and I even remember this when I was in high school playing football, that it was like, you'd come home and you'd be kind of your knees. And I mean, you're pushing on people bigger than you and colliding and my mom would just be, well, just take a couple ibuprofen and you'll sleep good and you'll feel up better the next day. And, and largely that was true. But as we found out that those things aren't good for you to take repetitively over long periods of time, um, every I might take an Advil or, or an ibuprofen like once every couple years now when I really kind of need it. But like otherwise, I find that, you know, if, if I'm again, if I'm eating fairly well, if I'm taking the right supplements and I, I try to take like uh, things specifically for my joints, you know, a lot of turmeric and, and things like that as well, that, that, you know, anything that's going to help my joints, I generally will, will gonna, give it a go and, we're and see if it works. You, we're going to send you the amino acids where you're going to add our amino nice. acids. I want this is done. Make sure to give me all your information because we're sure. going to send you a whole care package, but no, you're, you're, you're for sure. My studies and my wife send me, sends me these because she's big on, on all that. My studies have shown that or not my studies, but studies my wife has given me have shown that it's Advil is a mask. It's not, it's, it's, not it's not curing the problem. It's just math problem. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've also incorporated and, and I, I don't know for me, I kind of work in, in the industry as well. So I guess it's maybe is why I'm, I've, I've given it a try, but I've also found that, that when I'm taking a small dose of, of CBD in with my supplements on a regular basis, it also kind of alleviates a lot of that, um, I would say inflammation that comes with, with those things as well, which is, is kind of interesting. And then I, I also wanted to ask one more running question because it's a highly debated question among people that I know that run <laughs> and that is music or no music. So, all right. So this is a great question. Um, I, I'm a music guy. I think first and foremost, I'm a music guy. I switch it up. We've got our 6 a.m. like Spotify channel that we share with all our people. Um, but I'll say this, podcasts and, and books are also on the list. Um, New York, I made like a New York playlist when I did that marathon and it really carried me through most of it. I, I purposely made like a four to five hour playlist. Um, I did shut it off. I shut the music off like the last couple of miles because I kind of want to just soak in everything, especially there's so many people that cheer for you on that race. Um, I do in L.A. I want to come by you. I know you guys just had the L.A. marathon last weekend. I do want to do L.A. one day. Um, something about music. Listen, I'm we, we keep joking about our age. I'm I'm Rocky Four, man. Like music is such a big part. I think we all have soundtracks to life. Yes. I think there's every era of my life has had some kind of like soundtrack to it 90s grunge 2000 hip-hop like <laughs> you know this super bowl i'm sure like this super bowl was amazing for me with dr dre on it right so yeah music is such an important thing in my life and every 
every favorite song. Like I said, I mean, like, you know, I think it's, I think you, if you're a karate kid, Rocky four, like if you're an eighties <laughs> baby, like, like yeah. you know how music is such a big part of life. Um, and I think even for kids today, so I'll never go away from music. Um, this is the problem though, with music. And I've realized this unless uh, how you did your shoe research. So I've done music research if you're ready for this. So what I love though, is Spotify has the best BPM channels. So the beats per minute, because what I was doing, let's say a Rocky four song, and then like a slow Celine Dion song, (laughs) that's not like, you're going to run a eight minute mile, then you're going to run an 11. So you're kind of, and then you're also not, you know, you want to kind of be that even pace kind of person. Um, so I will say this, I do like that Spotify has at least understood that Nike has this, you have some channels that have the right BPMs. So they'll take songs that have the same BPMs for the whole playlist. So that's, that's one thing I I try to do, but no, I, I still, I still will put a bunch of songs that are like in my top 20. Um, and if anyone's listening, we have a 6am run channel on Spotify and basically what that is. Um, and Matt, if you ever want to go on that, that's what I am listening to at the moment. And what's crazy about that channel, you'll literally go from like gangster rap to like, as I just said, like Celine Dion to Katy Perry to DMX. Like it's, it's all over the place, but our audience for some reason loves it. We've got like almost a hundred subscribers to it. Yeah, no, I, I, I dig it. I'll, I'll definitely check it out because music, I, it's uh, it's be it likewise. It's been super important to me throughout my life, and I find that you know I can go run or work out without it. But the difference, if I have you know the right music, motivating music, the difference in the workout or the run is is tremendous, and in, in, in how how much more effective I feel like it is. So, um, and and I think mixing it up is good for me personally. Like I think too much of the uns 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 in a row. Um, you know, I, I, you know, sometimes you got to mix it up with a little bit of gangster rap. <laughs> no, no, totally. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the, the, the other thing too, is like I said, I feel like too, one of the things I've, I've said on our podcast and, and I'll ask you a, a question. I, I'd like to ask you, if you don't mind, who, who's, who think about this too. Who's your best friend? Hmm. Okay. I think it's, I think it's myself. Who do you talk to more than anyone oh. else during the course of a day? Yeah, by far it's yourself. You know, it should so, be for, for anybody probably. Yeah. So for, for me, it's it's always been that kind of like hyping myself up. You know, if anyone can get anyone ready for anything, it's kind of yourself, right? So yeah. part of blogs or or, or or podcasts or whatever you're listening to, I still greatly feel like it's it's you kind of like you just said, you got to amp yourself up and you gotta hype yourself up for things. And I mean, if you think about it, you wrestle with your inner thoughts and yourself constantly during the course of the day. There's a, there's that meme that's I know out there that says, "Hey, I tell myself, you know, WTF at least thirty times a day, stuff like that." You know what I mean? So that's also part of I think when you ask, like, for me, especially during my run, that's like an hour where I have like deep conversations with myself. As crazy as that sounds, 
That's why I, I kind of do equate it. You know, it goes right back to what you mentioned earlier with the runner's high and, and how I kind of framed it as, as a therapy session, because when I'm exerting myself and it's really I can't concentrate on anything else except the next foot in front of the other and my breathing and the muff, way the muscles feel like you're not thinking about the emails in your inbox. You're not thinking about the text messages you've got to respond to or the phone calls you got to make or any of that. You're only focused on that. And in that sense, I think it is very much like meditation. You know, I, th I think people could harness the med benefits of meditation through exercise for sure. Yeah. Something it's, it's, you know, a, a lot of, there's a lot of like more Buddhists, like say, like Buddhists learnings are out there and things like that. And it's really being able to be in the moment. And I think during that hour that I'm running every day, that's really the most I'm present. Um, and it sucks because like, I'll say some of my struggles, like I want to be present when I'm with my kids. I want to be present when I'm with my wife. And it sucks that I can't be as present as I am even during the run because their phones might be out or my phone might be out. Or like I said, you know, being a CEO, a problem might arise. You know, you know, you and I have been on this podcast. I literally told everyone here, you probably like, hey, I need two hours of, 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 of focus on this. And people are still coming in here and you know, in and out of my office trying to see if they can get something. It's it's tough to truly be you know, what I love about, you know, the Buddhists and, and, and things that I read about that Buddhist kind of culture and style of trying to be present, like my goal genuinely with you, this podcast, my kids, if they're doing something, you know, everyone knows when Layla, my daughter has a basketball game like that. I definitely am like, don't say shit to me for this hour. Like, you know what I mean? Like I yeah. really do my best to try to be as present as possible in every situation I can be in. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, this is a great thing to kind of, you know, as we start to wrap up here, this is a great thing to kind of start to wrap up on, you know, because I think giving people your undivided attention and your focus is something in conversation because we are bombarded with so many different things from so many different places, whether it's information. And truthfully, I'm not sure that the human mind is, is supposed to process uh, a thousand different things throughout the day, the way the way we're being bombarded with things. And so I, I think kind of simplifying it a little bit is is probably the, the right approach um, for us to be able to process and kind of be a little more sane and happier and uh, just be in a, a better place in life in general. Yeah, no. And, and this is what you do here is is perfect. I think that um, don't get me wrong, you know, psychologists and and and, and therapists and things like that are I commend those people for being there for other people and, and those jobs. Um, but I love that, you know, you and I can have a conversation. I feel for me today was awesome. Like I got a chance to tell you some of my thoughts and get your opinions on it. So what you do is amazing, Matt, don't stop it. You know, I, I'm sure a lot of people get pleasure. Hopefully, you know, they heard what, you know, I've done and, 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 and maybe they can take even things I'm saying and, and tweak it and improve it and, do something amazing themselves. And, and so don't, don't stop what you're doing, Matt. This is a great thing. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking the time today to chat with me. Obviously very, very busy individual. Um, as we're wrapping up here, tell people where they can learn more about 6am run and where they can kind of find you online. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, 
going a little back to where we started, if you ever, ever Google pre-workout for runners, that's where this company started. I Googled pre-workout for runners <laughs> and nothing existed. So now if you ever Google two things, either pre-workout for runners, or if you just Google 6 a.m. run, you know, just that word alone. Um, we are now like the first thing that obviously comes up and everything's on our site, but yes, yeah, 6amrun.com, um, both my personal pages and obviously our business pages, everything is there. Our Facebook group, everything is on 6am. That's not the number 6amrun.com. Nice. Perfect. Well, thank you again for, uh, for chatting with me today. It's been a really good conversation. I've really enjoyed it. And, uh, if you're ever out here and, and come out to LA, we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get a run in. We, Maybe we, you we, can... we actually know this summer, my daughter has a tournament out there. So we'll, we'll talk a little more offline and I'll email you for sure. And last thing I want to say is Matt, I'd love to, like I said, definitely keep my promise and, and get you that, you know, get you that 6am run care package so you can test it out. So no, but thank you for having me and everyone listening. Thank you for listening and goodbye, guys. For sure. Thanks so much.